Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Codswallop. Good choice. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. You might know me from the Tell Him Steve Day podcast and the I Sell Comics podcast. Listen, I love podcasting. I love talking, but what I really love doing is talking Codswallop. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay. <laughs> I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop Podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast, Talking Codswallop, right here, man. Welcome to the second episode of Liverpool Comic Con. Here you're going to hear the, here you're going to hear, that's really good English. Um, so in this episode, you're going to hear uh, all of the interviews that James did on the day. Um, you've got some celebrities, some stallholders, some cosplayers, all sorts of different people. So if you were at the Liverpool Comic Con, this is the episode that you may want to listen to because you may be on this episode. Obviously, if you've previously listened to the last one, which came out only yesterday, then you'll know that this was planned. But if this is the first episode you're listening to and you're wondering what is going on, then that's what's going on. So go back, listen to episode 55, and then come back and listen to episode 56. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and also a massive well done to James. He got 47 interviews with people and that is really, really impressive. So well done, James. Well done. Okay, so let's get on with the interviews. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Frankie. Um, I'm from Blackburn, so it's a fair trek. I'm dressed as the film version of the Mad Hatter. Um, It's very warm but it's fun and it's a very very good costume so do you come to a lot of these events yeah I, it's, it's good fun I get to be my normal self which is a complete weirdo uh, I meet lots of new friends I'm here with friends that I've purely met from Comic Con and what is it you particularly like about coming to the Comic Con it's the atmosphere everyone is really really nice um, everyone's so polite and friendly and I get stopped for loads of pictures and I make kids smile um, or I can make them cry it's the contact lenses well, I was going to ask you about the contenders because they give you the incredibly striking eyes, but how painful are they? They are quite comfortable. I can wear them all day. Yeah, they're not too bad. Um, what's funny is the contact lenses in went first thing this morning, so I've had to ride the train the whole way here in sunglasses when it's been raining, so I don't scare anyone. But it does make you look at least cool, so, you know. Yeah, it depends. Some people think it's cool, some people cannot look me in the face. Do you have any other people you would dress up as that you go to costume? Yes, my other one is a film version of Cinderella. So the complete opposite and the big dress and it lights up and uh, I do kids' parties for that one and they love it. And what advice would you give to anybody who wants to sort of start doing this cosplay? Do it. Start off small. Start off with your favourite character. It doesn't have to be amazing show-stopping. It's about having fun. You get to be your character. And do you have any sort of like website or anything with regard to the work you do? Um, I do do children's parties, so it's called Memories to Treasure, um, and the Mad Hatter is on there. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to, to speak to me about it. Really appreciate it. And I hope you have a really nice weekend. Yeah, I definitely. Thank you. Um, so I'm Georgia. I'm at Georgia Grace on Instagram. Um, I've sort of come here today dressed as the 13th Doctor. Um, it's sort of cosplay that, um, I don't know, um, gets the most sort of response and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's the character that I sort of love the most. Um, I love taking her to conventions and stuff. It always gets like a really good response, which is great. Um, and yeah, I love coming to conventions like this and just seeing what's on the stalls and stuff. It's always really fun. Well, I was really impressed because you are the first 13th Doctor costume I've actually ever seen. Oh. So and it's a, it's a really good costume. That's no, a really good one. Oh, thank you so much. And do you you were saying that I'm a, well, I'm assuming that you will you go to quite a few of these conventions. How many have you been to? Would you say? Oh God, I lost lost count now. I started going to them a couple of years ago, but last year I think I must have gone to about six or seven in one year. It's wow. a bit mad. <laughs> Obviously, the Thirteenth Doctor is a fairly new character for you to come as. But prior to that, have you ever dressed up as any other? people and you've gone to conventions oh yeah so um i i do like quite a few other characters um some like disney and stuff um obviously some like other sort of doctor who characters and stuff i've recently just finished um character from the fantastic beast franchise um and i'm working on a mary poppins one at the moment so a r- whole range of characters you know whoever i love i've sort of like want to cosplay <laughs> And what would you say you are looking forward to the most this weekend? What is it to meet a particular person or is it the fact that you're just going around and getting to meet like-minded people? Yeah, it's just like going around the stalls, picking up some stuff. I really want to find like a pop Funko 13. I've, I've seen that there are, they do exist and I really kind of want to find one this weekend. One of the questions I've asked quite a few people today is what have you found to be the most rewarding thing about cosplay? What have you found to be the most challenging thing? Okay, so the most rewarding thing is definitely like the feedback, the comments Reaction. from people. Yeah, um, it makes you just feel so good and so proud of you know all the work you put into like a costume and stuff. Um, and the most challenging thing, <laughs> probably the cost. Yeah, <laughs> it is an expensive hobby at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, but um, you know I still love it all the same. And what did you find, particularly with the Thirteenth Doctor's costume? What did you find the most? Well, the most difficult thing to do to pull it all together because I'm not sure how easy it'd be as a costume to create. So, if I'm wrong, please tell me. But <laughs> no, there's sort of like there's a lot of unique elements to her costume. It's it's definitely sort of unique. And um, so sort of the hardest thing, I mean, I guess it's all a bit hard. And um, probably the coat because it's not like a conventional coat. It no. is quite quite unique. So with that, you do have to sort of like go other places and buy like sort of official ones. And um, but I am looking to upgrade this in the next year as well, so that's really exciting. So, um, just to, to remind anyone who's listening, if we want to, obviously, do you, did you say you had like a page or anything like that where we can yeah. follow you on? Um, so, on Instagram, I'm Georgia Grace, but with two I's and two A's in Georgia because there's so many usernames you have to, you know. <laughs> okay, well, I hope you have a really nice weekend. Thank you for taking the time to speak to me. Thank you. Uh, hi, Paul, and this is Mike. I'm Mike. And we're from the Ghostbusters Yorkshire Division. Okay, so how... Now, I've got to say for the people listening, these are the most screen-accurate people I've seen in a long, long time. So, you've got the whole packs, you've got everything. What is the biggest challenge of cosplaying as a Ghostbuster? Well, it's just getting together. I started off with a wooden pack. It's not really going for screen-accurate. I just wanted to look the part and... uh, it just evolved from there really you get your first pack you go out you enjoy it people like it but you get a buzz and you want to do a bit more to your pack and you're trying to add to uh, you start making with what you got you get things oh it looks like it and you make do and then you get that 
bug that you want it to be more like this screen, like what they actually were. And eventually you evolved, it's taken a couple of years to get to where we are with very screen accurate products and uh, very proud to show off and just see the enjoyment of people taking pictures of you. And that is the big thing that I've sort of seen, and I love seeing with people who dressed up as Ghostbusters. It's just the, the straight reaction, you know, you get this instant reaction from people. And it's not even like it's people who are saying just the 30s or 40s who knew the stuff originally. It's little kids. I went to an event, I've never seen people mob so much, <laughs> ever, for like a costume thing. Oh, so what would you say is the, well, I've, we also discussed the big challenges putting everything together. What is the most rewarding part it's just literally the, 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 the people that come and see us um, like say we said then it's the, the kids you know they, they were only they weren't even born 35 years ago but then they, they can recognise us straight away um, but yeah we get an absolute buzz out we, we you know we, we, we do it for ourselves obviously we do it for the people that come here as well uh, and, and with that you know we, we, we're very excited to do it um, you know we see a lot of other people as well and even if they don't have screen accurate packs, like we saw those two little lads, you know, not a problem. Say hello, be friendly, because, you know, that's what we are, we're friendly guys. And how many sort of these events do you go to in, say, a year? About two or three years. We uh, try and push for a bit more when we can, but unfortunately we both work full-time and work weekends. It's difficult to do so, but we try and make the most of the ones that we do attend. Yeah, it's only about three or four this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as well, the extra team members to join us as well. And again, collaborating with other franchises. Um, because, you know, we're just, I say, normal guys having a bit of fun. What advice do you give anyone who wants to start to get into doing this? As, you know, specifically the Ghostbusters cosplay. Start small. Um, you don't have to go out and spend a £1,500 pack. Ironically, though, that's when I want to do Ghostbusters. Because I met one of our team members who, before we was a team member... And he had a £1,500 pack on. And I'm like, I need that. I asked how much it was, completely out of my sort of budget. Uh, and then after that, we started small. We looked in various pound shops. I thought, that'll work, that might not work. And it's trial and error. But yeah, from first pack, we're about less than £100. Pounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, less than £100, really. And yeah. Just so, and this is our the internet second Zoom. pack, third pack. That's right. Another yeah. bowl from there. And we're happy where they are now. But certainly, if anybody got the spirit packs, very cheap to look. Uh, they, they look really nice, to be fair. Look a little bit lost on us because we're six foot two. But spirit Doing packs, where to go? We've got a spirit PKE meter. Let's weathered it up. It, a little it, bit it, yeah, it does get very interesting when you talk. Well, we're all told with certain sort of costumes and clothing. So, the big question I'm going to ask you both, uh, as huge fans of Ghostbusters, what are you hoping to see in the new film that's coming out? <laughs> Very open-minded, considering the last film, the 2016 Ghostbusters, wasn't a big hit. I enjoyed it, it was fun, call it a different universe if you will, but I'm quite interested to see where they go with it being tied into the original 1984 franchise, so I'm open-minded, uh, wish them all the best and now I'll go in and I'll take what they offer. Absolutely, yeah, we, you know, the, the two 2016 film, people didn't like it. I actually enjoyed it. I went to it with my son, I expecting, oh well, low expectations. Came out of the cinema, actually really, really liked it. Probably not what a lot of Ghostbuster fans want to hear, but I'm, again, open-mindedness. You've got to be open-minded, see what they offer. I'm not expecting big things, and obviously Jason Reitman as well, so it should be good. 
so just so you can obviously tell us well tell the listeners where to find your your website etc have you got the address for that please generally facebook isn't it well facebook yeah we have got a website but it's under my name rather than anything else <laughs> um but yeah no if you look under um, ghostbusters yacht division on facebook you see it on there we keep our page updated a lot as well we're gonna have a lot of video footage and photos from today um and by all means join us like us yes, on that. yeah, yeah. any information on building parks or anything like that we can help with yeah brilliant well thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat with me and i uh, hope you have a nice weekend Thanks, James. Thank you. Hi, I'm Joanne Alexander, also known as Hedge Scout. I'm here today as Batwoman as a guest. And what made you choose uh, dressing up as Batwoman for Liverpool Comic Con? Uh, well, it was actually quite difficult to work out what of the 22 costumes that I have to, to bring with me this weekend. It's pretty much what I could stuff in the suitcase, because <laughs> I also have Ripley from Alien, and I'm wearing it later this afternoon, and tomorrow I'm wearing um, Comic World, which is the Arrow TV series, Black Canary. And what is uh, well? What sort of brings you to coming to Comic Cons? What's the big, the big sort of focus for you? Uh, well, it's it's just a really good way to meet people and to, to hang out with friends. Most of the work that I do in costumes actually for charities. So I would go. To, I would belong to quite a lot of uh, charity groups back home, costume based, and charities would contact us and ask us if we could go and help for the day to raise money for them. For instance, this weekend I'm selling prints on my table for Guide Dogs Northern Ireland. And uh, which of the charities do you, do you generally work with? Oh, it's, it's anything. Literally anything. anything uh, yeah, and anybody that asks, it doesn't matter. We're not snobby that way at all. Just, if you want us there, it's a good reason for us to get into costume. As uh, Batman used to tell me, which is a, fr- a friend of mine, if he wasn't out doing it for charity, he'd be at home sitting in his slippers in his Batman Returns outfit. Uh, excellent. And what, what are you most looking forward to this weekend? Uh, well, oh, it's really quite exciting for me because I've never been a cosplay guest before. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've always been. You're going to be on stage, aren't you? Show me. Yeah, I can't believe it. I'm so excited. So I'm probably talking an awful lot of rubbish, which is the only thing. <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, it's interesting just with what you're telling me now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully that I'll be able to sort of see what, what you're talking about. Um, what would you say? Because one of the questions I've asked quite a few people here who are uh, dressed up in costume is what's the most rewarding thing and what's the most challenging? So, what do you say is the most rewarding thing? It's the look on people's faces. And it's actually, believe it or not, it's the look on adults' faces. I know a lot of people go, oh, it's the look on children's faces. For me, it's the adults. Children have magic every day. Adults don't. Let's face it, we have everything. We have the world and we have jobs. We have stress. But if you walk over to an adult or they see you and you're dressed as their favourite character, their wee faces light up. Well, I've got to be honest, it happened with me because I was like, turned to me and I went, that just seems to be coming dressed as a bad woman. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the tight outfit, wasn't it, really? (laughs) Well, yeah, well, I'm being honest, yeah. It's not my batterings. <laughs> and what would you say is the most challenging thing? Probably putting the costumes together. Actually, to be honest, the most challenging thing this weekend was packing. <laughs> that was the most challenging thing. I got to the airport and I thought, please don't be more than 23 kilograms overweight. And I was 21. <laughs> well, also, I guess that what would be really scary in the airport is if they start going through your back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, do, uh, I do Catwoman. So by the time you bring out a whip and claws and a mask... Yeah, people go, mm-hmm. <laughs> and which, <laughs> which Catwoman is it you normally go with? Uh, Darwin Cook. It was the DC Catwoman, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When he relaunched it again, I think it was around about the beginning of the 2000s. Unfortunately, Darwin died of cancer about three years ago. And his, his Catwoman was very practical. Yes, it's a cat suit, but it's, it's flat boots and it's 
uh, a pilot's helmet actually though it, it sort of develops it's slightly evened out a wee bit over the years that it didn't look like that the same now it's it's kind of gone slightly sexy again but yeah it's just a very practical outfit and I thought yeah that's it's the female shape now that I know I'll be looking to see what you're doing on stage but what else uh, where else are you next going to be convention wise do you have anything in the pipeline uh, do you stay predominantly UK based for it or um, well the next ones in the UK would be I have the local charity events that I would do uh, but the next big one would be Lawless in Bristol in May mm-hmm. um, I'm working on a new judge because I do the 2012 Carl Urban judge but I'm actually going to do a comic book judge called Mita Lawson this time uh, and then a week after that I'm going to uh, MCM London oh I forgot actually the week before Lawless there's a new comic convention in Northern Ireland and I'm doing it as Doctor Who now that will be brilliant and, I, and obviously you are doing it as you said for really worthwhile causes oh, yeah. and that's a brilliant thing and it is it's something that I enjoy going to these. The big push for me coming to any of this sort of thing is, yeah, there are a few famous people I want to meet, I won't lie, uh, but I love just seeing, like, you are doing the costumes and the effort that people put in. It's phenomenal. I clearly am not in a costume. I'm sort of liking work stuff, but with a T-shirt promoting my brand. But, you know, one day I will come dressed up as something. What, what do you fancy? Well, you've got the beard, actually. You could go cut comic book Oliver Green. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I've got the Van Dyke beard at yeah. the moment. So it's not as pointy as it has been, but, yeah, I could do the... I think I have to do a bit more. After after do, do a few more hours in the gym, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could probably go with something like that. There's a Spartan in there. There's King Lion. I, I, I saw the Spartan. He's making me feel very inadequate as a man. <laughs> oh yeah, I see. I know a couple of Spartans. They would actually make him feel inadequate. I'm sorry, but wow. it's true. <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much. And if you could just tell me again if we want to look at your stuff online, stuff like that, where we best go. Please, please, please follow me on Instagram. I'm at Hedgescout. And same name on Facebook, and I'll spell that for you. It's H-E-D-G-E-S-C-O-U-T. Literally a hedge and scout, because I was a biker that I used to, and I rode into a hedge one time. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and I hope you have a really good day. Thank you very much. Thanks. So one of the things we've got here at the con today is the specific special handy Ironman Kona car. Uh, and I'm here talking to a late, sorry, I didn't catch your name. Kim. Kim, who's uh, one, the, who's the, the lady who's here, obviously promoting the car at this time. So I'm wondering if you could just tell me a bit about it, Kim. Well, we've only made 300 of the cars. Wow. So there's only 300 coming into the country, and it's got Iron Man references all over it, from the sat nav to the lights to the front bonnet. Everything's bespoke to the Iron Man film. And it's quite an impressive-looking vehicle when you see it. And it, co- it actually has the colouring of the Iron Man vehicle, uh, well, the Iron Man sort of costumes. Uh, and it's also got Marvel, uh, Marvel, uh, you know, badging on it. And so it's signed, sorry, by Tony Stark. Wow, well, see, now that, I was going to say, what makes this car, other than the, the brilliant bits of work that have been done to make it more of something uh, that's marvel orientated, what makes it really stand out? And what are the, the real features on this vehicle, please? So you've got the branded alloys, you've got the Iron Man lights, so when you actually turn it on, and it projects from the doors, it's got Iron Man projection at Marvel mask projections that when you open it up they light underneath the doors you've got the leather seats that are imprinted with the mask and it's a, re- it's a really really impressive vehicle and does it come with is it a four wheel drive system? two wheel this one it's a two wheel yeah two wheel and it's a 1.6 turbo as well so it will it will shift so to speak and what sort of pricing range are we looking at on this car? This one's 28,000. The Kona traditionally starts at like 17, but because there's only 300 coming into the country, they've gone with the 28,000 price mark because obviously it's only going to go up in value. 
So basically, what I will say to any and all of the listeners uh, and viewers is, please, look, really have a good look for this car. It's something really impressive, uh, and it's something I would certainly bear in mind for my own vehicles. Thank you very much. Thanks. This is my first time to Liverpool Comic Con. I've been to the London one a couple of times, um, but I've just moved to Liverpool. Uh, I came as just Dia Brax because she's my definitely my favourite character from the um, Deep Space Nine uh, series. Uh, I thought she, especially from series three onwards, she is like a very strong woman. Um, once the writers understood what to do with her, so I just yeah. And uh, this is a fun outfit to wear as well. <laughs> well, you've taken it onto a whole new level because you've gone the time travel episode back to the original series. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where if you're going to go geek, you may as well go like sub-level geek. So. And what would you say is one of the most difficult things, or is there a challenge about doing cosplay? And what, well, what you find a challenge, what you enjoy. The challenges are always just finding the pieces because uh, you have this great picture in your mind, you know what the classic look is, but when you buy things, they're not quite right, they don't quite work, you have to compromise a lot, so you just have to be get the overall look. Um, but what I love is the fact that you then come here and everyone's just like, oh my goodness, that's my favourite character as well, and you just really appreciate everyone's hard work. Um, whether they've got it exact or not, everyone appreciates it. So that's- and who do you, other than Dax, is there anybody else you cosplay as? Uh, oh, I've, I can't even remember. I did Scarlet Witch in London last year, uh, or year before last, but I can't remember who I did. Oh, I've done um, Female Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop, yeah, from the comics, so a little bit different. And do you have, like, a website or anything that promotes your work? No, you don't. Okay, so... I'm a amateur, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, still, you've done a brilliant job. Thanks for taking the time to speak to me, uh, and hope you have a really nice weekend. I'm James Douglas and I'm here with the Scream Seekers Scarecrow. Um, basically what we do is, uh, as you can guess, we're... Uh, scare, Sca- scare the shit out of people. Yeah, yeah, basically we scare the shit out of people. Um, we have two different versions. We have one child-friendly um, and then one just for adults. So it's um, so it'll include like uh, fake nudity and stuff like that. Um, fake props of penises and boobs and whatnot. We we had one person who came in and said it was terrifying and all that to um like do genuinely scared and all was that. Was that today? Uh, yeah that that was today. Um but we, we do scare attractions, uh, like we do loads of things. We did uh, we've done Horicon, we've done we've done it in Birmingham that is another one of my cast members doing a podcast. What are you doing to my girl? Uh, uh, I'm persuading them to let the interview run. <laughs> you know you want to interview that? Well, we uh, we have a hillbilly room at the moment, um, where you get apps. Yeah. So what? That's my shot in there. Yeah, it's ours. Um, and uh, you just get verbally abused there. <laughs> and uh, as, as soon as you get into the doll room, you you have all like the the more visual. Uh, abuse and stuff like that, and uh, uh, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, it's a nice way to if if you're into all scaring and all that, it's a great way to do that. Uh, we do horror cons, we do uh, Birmingham events, and all, all great things like that. Um, we're only small at the moment, but we're wanting to expand more and more. Um, here's my boss right now. Um, 
uh, doing a podcast. So I don't know. Do you want, do you want an interview? It's a, it's a bit weird when you're discussing something scary. And you've got I don't know what this is singing in the background. I don't know, but we should all dance to it. Come on, boys. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a little dance. <laughs> yeah. go, go and dance near the stage. <laughs> really confuse them. But just to what I was going to say is location-wise, where else can they find you basically for coming? You can find well, we, we we travel anywhere in the UK. You want us, we'll be there, okay? Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Scream Seeker Scare Crew, okay? Thank you very much. Uh, so discussing the phenomenal Johnny Five build in just a little bit more detail uh, to continue from the ending parts that are missed. So, obviously you built this yourself. I am still mind-boggled by the fact you're not, you, you, you're, you're not an engineer. You have managed to build this thing using basic sort of moulding and a, pr- a 3D printing system. And, well, as we can say from my earlier conversation with you, this product just brings happiness to people, doesn't it, when they see it? When they see you, Johnny Five. It's people are just so happy when they see you. It certainly is. Um, I mean, the reaction I get, even from, like, young to old, it's just really, really good. It's so positive, um, especially when it starts screaming and coming running over, and it's just it's fantastic. Well, I didn't know it spoke. <laughs> I, was, I walked past part of the room, and I just heard this thing. I didn't talk. I'm like, it speaks? See, after I'd spoke to you first time, I'm like, wow. I mean, I do admit it is a little bit evil, but I do like leaving him stationary for a bit, so people just think he's static, and then I make him move and speak and then scream. It's brilliant. And certainly people who, because unfortunately I am of the age where I remember the Johnny Five when the films first came out. It is just a brilliant thing for people of my age, and obviously you said for people who are younger. So you've got it all amazingly wired up so it works well not wired up but you've got it so it works on a uh, remote control system it will talk it does all the, all the amazing stuff um, one question I don't think I asked you earlier is if you're going to build something else if you're going you to want to have another another thing to create what would it be? I'm actually building the BB-8 because I wanted R2-D2 initially but they're everywhere so I want something a little bit different just like with Johnny 5 so I'm actually building the BB-8 now is that and how far have you got are you allowed to say how far along you've got along you know with that one well I 3D printed the entire ball that he rolls around on and his head so I just, and I've got the electronics for the head I just need to work out the drive and then paint it and then it'll be coming to shows too this man is a goddamn genius people a goddamn genius if I had a tenth of this ability uh, well yeah I'd be a happy man on just a tenth so um, if you could just remind us of, of any way of sort of getting in contact with you we need to, if we, for people who want to see this stuff stuff things like that yeah so it's Rights Robotics and I've got Instagram Facebook and YouTube and it's just rightsrobotics at gmail.com if you want to email absolutely brilliant and would you ever take on uh, um, projects for people yeah definitely maybe not a J5 <laughs> if it's a full one because it's not taking over two years but yeah Okay, well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me again, and, well, have a brilliant Comic-Con. Pleasure, thanks, you too. Hello there, uh, my name is Josh. Um, I go under the alias of Josh Cosplays on Instagram. Um, I'm here with my father, which is Taker UK. He does his own wrestling stuff. Um, I'm dressed as Loki currently, and I'm here most excited for Sting tomorrow on Saturday to meet... And I've got to say, it's an incredibly impressive Loki costume you've got on. Thank you very so much, I really appreciate it. It took a very, very long time. <laughs> I'm here tomorrow as someone different as well. I'm here tomorrow as Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Well, Trilogy and Hobbit and all that stuff. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it, to be fair. How many of these have you been to? Um, this is my 
first one this year and I've got a couple more in Birmingham MCM in a few more weeks and I'm going to London and then I'm going to probably Birmingham again it's depending on what I go to because the budgets and stuff like that it's whatever I can afford really <laughs> usually it's around six or seven a year so. but you're saying you're most looking forward to seeing the wrestler Sting and he's here on Saturday I believe he's here on Saturday yes um, I just really enjoy wrestling to be fair I grew up with my dad who's really a big fan of wrestling he's currently dressed as the Undertaker that's my dad yeah that's a, and I've got such a very impressive undertaker in fact if he'd be willing to have a word with us as well that'd be great but he's I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure he will I'm pretty sure he will <laughs> but it's, it's really nice when you see because obviously I don't do as you can tell I don't do the costumes I come here to impress but to see the, the amount of effort in a costume like you've done is brilliant and how long did it take you to put all this together what, what is for the people listening what's the starting point to do a good costume like this um, take your time do not rush it if you don't get in time for a con you've always got a con in a few more months it's don't get it done if you can't finish it with your deadline get it done by your own time scale and it'll look fine you just need to take your time look at all reference photos do whatever you think you need and it'll be fine that's what I did and it turned out okay turned out very well now if because uh, obviously you're saying your dad does the wrestling stuff as well if my listeners which I'm sure they will will want to look at more of this stuff like the stuff you've done is there like a website they can go to anything like that there's loads of places online where you can look up how to build stuff like if there's weapons there's armour there's loads of tutorials on YouTube and stuff like that um, regarding Comic Con there's the main Comic Cons which are like MCM Comic Cons then you've got the smaller ones which are growing and more gradually like the Liverpool Comic Con and there's Comic Cons all around the country if you just Google Comic Cons in the UK there'll be lists and lists of them uh, is there anywhere we can specifically see the stuff that you guys are doing though is what, more, more what I meant so, do you have a website address or anything um, like that I currently don't have a website personally um, my dad neither does I, um, also he has his own which is at taker.uk on Instagram and Facebook and mine's at Josh Cosplays you can message me and I'll talk you through how to do anything really wonderful thank you very much no problem Hi, well, my name's Kev Spencer. Um, I run the Battlestar Galactica and the Buck Rogers display here in Liverpool Comic Con with a friend of mine, Ben Franklin, who also does the Ghostbusters stand at the end. And the same this year, we've got the two Battlestar Galactica bikes from the 1980s film. We've got a couple of uniforms and a lot of the props that we've built up over the years, which we've got on display here. Um, most of it built ourselves from scratch or from kit form, but half the challenge is actually finding the stuff and building the bikes building the props so we enjoy doing that Ben's also an electronics wizard so he, he can bring everything to life with sounds and lights and smoke the proton pack is fully working with a soundtrack built in for Ghostbusters so we can we can dance to, to the music while we're playing and what was it that made you get into doing this uh, my son originally got me to come to Comic Con when he was uh, younger just wanted to go to Comic Con and unfortunately he wanted me to buy him a, a sword that was far too expensive made out of wood I said I can build one of them yeah three years later here I am with thousands of pounds worth of stuff I've built <laughs> and what has been the hardest thing for you to create because we've got some absolutely phenomenal pretty much bang on screen accurate stuff here bikes costumes you, you know it is uh, Ken we're on a visual medium but I will have some photographs put up uh, it is phenomenally good stuff well, obviously, the bikes were very complicated. Once you've built one, it's easier to recreate a second one. But the original one was very difficult to build. But I still say the hardest thing I've built to date was Tweaky from the Buck Rogers display. The, no ref, the only reference pictures are 40 years old. And you try finding the parts. You've just got to look and think, what, what, would that, what can I use instead? And I say, I made him 
pretty good and luckily last year Buck Rogers himself autographed him for me so Jill Gerard himself Jill Gerard himself lovely man and what um, if any of us want to obviously get in contact with you talk about stuff invite you to events how are we best get in contact with you please well as of today the website's gone live and it's hopproprt.com all one word and I say it, uh, it's a brand new website so there's not much on it to date but we will be building up more and more pictures and more and more builds and future projects absolutely brilliant thank you very much and I hope you have a nice weekend thank you very much so we are Cook and Wild Lupine Dogs we're here primarily to do the photo shoot with Peter um, tomorrow um, the guy from Twilight these are going to be the uh, the wolves the werewolves um, but we also have done um, bits of modelling with cosplayers and things like that and lupine dogs get used for TV and film an awful lot it's part of what the breed was developed for um, so they've been in films like uh, Penny Dreadful Twilight uh, sorry not Twilight they've done the promo stuff for Twilight and Vikings um, all sorts of things like that lupine dogs are used a lot for TV and film um, so yeah we're here for that we're here to get photos with people who would like photos with other people um, with the dogs and uh, they're going to get loads of cuddles and attention, and that's pretty much what they what they want. So they're uh, they're here as mostly the photo opportunity for that. But it's nice for people to get to meet them as well, and and see what goes into the training of these kinds of dogs because it's a little bit different to your normal domesticated pets. So yeah, they still they still love cuddles, same as everybody else's dogs. So. And what's the most challenging part about training the dogs? Getting them through the teenage phase. Um, yeah, when the little puppies are great, and when the adults are great. When they're teenagers, they can be challenging, um, but they're generally very good. We use all positive-based training with them, um, so we don't force them into doing anything they don't want to do. They do it because they like it and because they want the reward that they get after it, which is usually a treat, but some of them, like Zeus, will work for cuddles. Um, it, it has to be something that, that they deem worth it, basically. They want the, the attention or they want the treat, so they'll, they'll do what you ask. But they're really smart. They love learning new things, which is great. So it's very much similar to humans, then. Which of... So what are the names of all the dogs you've got? You've got three... Yep, three of them. So we've got three here. So we've got Zeus, who's our big boy here. He's the more shepherdy coloured one. We've got Bella, who's the grey one. Um, she's actually pregnant. She's due in two and a half weeks, bless her. So she's a bit tired at the moment. Yeah. And then our puppy over there is Millie. She's the black phase. And then we also have a grey one at home as well called Toki, uh, who's not here today. She's nine, so she's she's retired now, bless her. So, but these are these are our babies, as it were. They um, they live in the house just like a normal domestic dog does. They sleep on the bed. They, yeah. Beg for treats. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, definitely all the treats and all the cuddles, especially. And how many of these conventions do you normally go to? So this is the first one we've done this year. We tend to do a lot of dog events because we do education work with them around wolf dogs um, because a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about wolf dogs. Um, So this is the first big convention that we've done as like a Comic-Con type event, but we do, um, we've booked for a few more for the rest of the year. I think we've booked into four so far. Um, It'll probably end up being more, but yeah, we're taking it in baby steps. So letting them get used to the environment as well. As you can see there, they're not bothered by it at all, but it's good to let them get used to it in small steps. So... I was very impressed to see how calm they were staying. You were, you, you were talking about some of the things that you've been working on with them. So how far afield has that taken you? The furthest we've travelled with them um, working-wise uh, is probably down to Bristol. Um, so a little bit of a trek, but um, friends of ours in the, the programme who also have lupine dogs that, that work with them for TV and film, been over to Ireland and Europe and things like that as well. The Watermill Wolves have done a lot of that work. Um, and yeah, so we, we can quite often travel quite a long way with them. Um, it just depends on where they're needed, really. What they do is very specialist because they are 
dog and wolf, um, and these guys mostly dog, they are much more adaptable to the whole kind of film set environment and the busy, you know, lights and cameras and smoke machines and all sorts of odd things that they could encounter um, on a set or on a photo shoot. Um, they're much more relaxed about it, whereas if you were to, to introduce, you know, try and do that with an actual wolf, then they, they're just going to be terrified. Yeah, they, they get very freaked out by novel things, which in the wild, obviously, is very beneficial. You want to run away from anything that's scary. That keeps you alive. But when you're trying to work on it and, you know, on a set, you don't want them running away from the camera or anything like that. So they need to be able to cope with all of these different things you know we're we're right by the stage we've got the big speakers going off and they just go in sleep they really don't mind we've had people come over to them in all sorts of masks and outfits and they just take it in their stride they don't mind at all and we do have to we do have to socialize them to those things from when they're small to get them used to it um but it, it's partly in their nature as well they're bred to be incredibly laid back and chilled out you know they'll switch on and work when you need them to and when you don't you know they'll just They'll be a sofa wolf, basically. Because they are staying incredibly calm, it amazes me. I have one question to ask from my own curiosity. You said you've been on Penny Dreadful. So what, what work were you doing on that? Well, uh, that wasn't myself. That was Natalie from Watermill Wolves. Um, but they were in Penny Dreadful. Um, there was a, a zoo escape, um, a load of animals escaped from the zoo, and they were the wolves. Um, so her, her dogs played the wolves there. Um, and they had to, like, pretend to stalk people and, you know, fake attack them and things like that. Uh, which, for them, it's just play. You teach them to, to, you know, jump at people on a command, and, and these guys do it as well. Um, it looks great for photos and things. But, um, but yeah, it's all play acting for them, but they don't know. And once you put it on a screen and put all the special effects on, it looks great. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's quite amazing if you look at them because they're the most sort of calm, sweet-looking animals. And you can imagine them doing that. So, if we, uh, if you could just tell me, again, for like a, a, a website or anything that we can link into, please. Yeah, so the best place to find us, to be honest, is on our Facebook. That's where we're most active. So, it's Cook and Why Lupine Dogs. Um, we do have a website as well, which you can just search Cook and Why Lupine Dogs and you'll find us there. Uh, or you can just Google Lupine Dogs and that will show you that's the breed in general and, and we all work very closely together. We all do events together, so you'll find all of us from there. Wonderful. Thank you so much and I hope you have a nice day. Thank you. Take care. Hi, so I'm Melissa with Pigeon Creek Studios and we're here at Comic-Con Liverpool. Okay, so what what can we expect from uh, your, your, your group? So Pigeon Creek is a horror-themed company. We make Halloween props, we make masks, we can do custom pieces. Um, we're known for making our toe drives, so they look like toes and you pull off the bone and there's a USB inside. Um, everything. I'm looking at one right now. Yeah. We also do your own make-your-own skulls. So, yeah, so you can pour all the chemicals in the mold, do it all yourself, come back in an hour, pull your own skull. Um, what we do here is we actually work with uh, Monopoly events and we do demos for them. So we teach everyone how to make their own monster stuff. So we'll teach you how to make a silicone mold. We'll teach you how to make a plaster mold. We'll teach you how to work with latex. We will answer any questions. You can send us an email. We always reply. Um, we're really open about what we do, and we hope others will be as well. Unfortunately, not everyone in the industry is. <laughs> how did you get into this? I've got to ask, because it's obviously quite a unique niche market. It is. So I grew up in a haunt. So back in the States, I grew up in a place called the Zombie Farm. Uh, and I worked there since I was, I think, 13 upwards. And then I moved on to different haunts in that location. And 
When I was working at my next haunted house, which was the Asylum, the guy that owned it knew someone who owned Dreamscape Studios, which is a company that used to be open in Kentucky, and they used to make props for people all over the world. Um, they worked with the Disney company once, they worked with Quentin Tarantino, um, huge names, and I was just really lucky to get put in there because he needed his stuff made, and the guy had a deadline, he's like, oh, I'll send you this girl, she knows how to paint, she knows how to sculpt, and he taught me everything. Um, so I just got really lucky, and I know not everybody is. And what's the biggest challenge of doing this, of creating this sort of product? Um, the biggest problem is, I think, creativity, materials as well. Some materials you could get really easily in the States. You have to order specially here in the UK. Um, it took me a while to find the right sites and know the right people. And I think all the sites that I order from now officially know who I am because I call and I'm the American accent. They instantly hear, they're like, is this Melissa? I'm like, yes, yes it is. <laughs> so they kind of know me now. Um, but that's kind of the biggest challenge to get over. Um, I think the UK really wants more horror props and really well quality ones. I mean, you go to the store and there's all these plastic ones and are they even going to last a year? Do they even look realistic? Probably not. So we try to make all of our things so it's easy for anyone to own. It's um, inexpensive. You know, it looks like high quality items. That's our goal. And if and I, I cannot stress enough this stuff looks amazing so if my listeners are interested in getting your products where, where do they go where can they find you Twitter uh, Facebook you know website whatever if you can give the addresses yeah we're on pigeoncreekstudios.com uh, we're also on Facebook just through Pigeon Creek same with Instagram Pigeon Creek we're also on Twitch um, which we do every now and then I'm still figuring that out but um, you can watch us do things on that and ask us questions um, we're not on Twitter just because everybody's so Instagram focused <laughs> fair enough well thank you very much yeah thanks nice yeah you too bye <laughs> Hello, I'm Phil Ryan, better known as PGR Cosplay, and I'm cosplaying as Alucard from Helsing Ultimate. And it's one hell of an accurate costume, trust me. So what made you choose him as uh, your character? He was one of the first uh, first anime characters that I actually really liked back when I first started watching anime, properly. Do you know that is, ex- and I'm not just saying that is exactly what happened with me, I'd never seen anime until when I was at university, somebody basically showed me the Helsing stuff, and I was like, wow, this is something else. The funny thing was, this was during the this was when I was in Scouts when I first saw him for the first time. <laughs> so a bit of a different age than I saw it at. And what is uh, obviously you know he's the character you've chosen. Um, how many of these sort of conventions have you been to, and what really attracts you to come into the conventions? It's the social atmosphere that I like I like about this because you can just even though you dress up as someone as someone that you've always wanted to be, you can kind of like be yourself in a way with how with other people who are into like the same sort of stuff that you're into and how many of these conventions have you been to jesus christ i've been to loads <laughs> jesus christ i've been to loads like this this year so far this is like my second comic con of the year right. so far uh, but uh, my personal best which was last year was about 16 comic cons holy crap and was that all uk based most of them were UK best, yes, but one was when I went to on a special like uh, Comic Con cruise with the bonus bit going to one of the uh, uh, Comic Cons over overseas, which was in Netherlands, which was uh, what was it called? What's it called? Uh, uh, yeah, the Rotterdam Comic Con. 
Now that is impressive. So that's something that'll be quite interesting for my listeners to know those sort of things exist because you've made me feel even I've been to a few Comic Cons, a total Comic Con virgin. <laughs> I've only been to about three or four. You have beat me totally on it. So what I've are you. Already, but I, well, I've already got like uh, five already in the cards already and I've already got them all sorted. Like the, the big one is definitely MCM London, which is in May. Now I know, but I'm not going to give it away that you are coming as somebody else. For, for, for tomorrow so that's going to be really interesting I like the fact that you're obviously changing up your costume as well yeah. which uh, obviously adds a bit more of the excitement for you for what you're doing um, what are you most looking forward to for, for this, this event? I think it's just I'm, the one thing I'm looking forward to during this entire event is different different location different different atmosphere a little bit but and also meeting up with a lot of my a lot of friends a lot of my friends that I've that I've known for quite a few years now and uh, just basically a different, different, different place altogether because this is the first time I've been to Liverpool. And if you were to give advice to anyone who is going to do cosplay, what would it be? Just go for it. Whatever cosplay, whatever cosplay character you want. It doesn't matter if you're the right height, right build, or if you're if you're quite if you're not well built or anything like in the stomach region. It's just uh, just do what just cosplay who you feel like you want to do. Uh, and what do you say is the most re- well? Probably, I'm going to guess from what you said the most rewarding part is, you know, the happy atmosphere, seeing people that you know and enjoying yourself. What do you say is the most challenging aspect? <laughs> uh, the most challenging aspect is uh, how complicated you, you want to make your cosplay. Like uh, that's the only thing. Like uh, that's because I've seen like massive cosplays where they've basically been on stilts and stuff like that, and that's the most. Uh, challenging thing I've seen actually mm, but if we want to get in contact with you to look at any of the stuff you've done have you got a website anything like that uh, I do have a Facebook uh, page called PGR Cosplay where I have about uh, where I post about uh, five or six of my other cosplays that I've done with various different groups that I'm part of okay well, well obviously we'll link that into to the stuff we've got and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me you're welcome Okay, so hello everyone. My name is Pom Cosplay, which means Apple. Um, I'm a French cosplayer since four years, and I was invited as a guest for the Liverpool Comic Con. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I made my costume myself, and I'm here to speak with people about cosplays. I made several cosplay contests in France. I was a runner-up for the French Cosplay Cup. So I'm here to speak about what I'm doing in France. Uh, I have a lot of fun here. Most of my cosplay are Disney cosplay because Disney is really a part of my life. And so on my table you can see uh, a part of the Disney costume I made. And especially for the Liverpool Comic Con, I decided to make a whole Mary Poppins costume so I can have something typically British. And I'm so glad because I made people happy and that's a thing. Thank you for being so welcoming and I enjoy my time with you. <laughs> well, considering you just said you made this yourself, that's an exceptional costume. It's really, really good. So, um, do you have a website or anything that uh, our listeners can look at or go on? Yes, I have a website. Uh, I have a fake boost, a fake book page sorry and uh, an instagram account uh, so the name of my page is so pom so let me <laughs> tell you it's p ho double haim and a free you know to make like the the he and 
after that you have cosplay so it's Tom cosplay you can find me on Facebook and Instagram I try to write my post in English and explain how I work on my costumes so don't hesitate to come and follow my work and if you have any questions please just write me a message <laughs> brilliant so thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me thank you for asking me to be part of your podcast Hi, um, I'm Pretty in Punk Cosplay on Instagram and Twitter. And um, we've come as Red and Blue from the Killjoys comics. Uh, Jared Way wrote them, the writer of the Umbrella Academy and My Chemical Romance singer. Um, but yeah, we just came because it's Soft City Comic Con and we love coming to it. So come everywhere. And, and how many of these sort of Comic Cons have you been to? Oof, uh, probably a few now. I try and hit at least one every year, but money. But um, I'm think I'm doing a few more this year uh, but we always hit Liverpool every year in a row and try and get Manchester because they're close to each other. And what do you enjoy the most about coming to these con- well, Comic Con conventions, things of that nature? Um, the cosplays probably, like I like seeing everyone I like taking pictures with everyone and the artists, if they have actual comic book artists, I like going and meeting them most of them don't, which makes no sense being a Comic Con <laughs> but you know. I think we've got a guy from this at the Beano here I mean, yeah. it's the only one I can think of at the top of my head that I've seen yeah. when I've come in. But I do know what you mean. It's yeah. a bit odd to not, to not see people. Yeah, it just depends on the Comic-Con, really. Like, MCM usually has the Comic Village, whereas he is focusing more on people in TV shows, which is fair enough. People like that. Well, I like comics. <laughs> and is there anybody in particular you... I mean, because obviously you're saying you're interested in seeing people who actually do comic books and draw comic books. Is there anybody you're particularly interested in seeing who's a guest here? Not really. <laughs> well, I did that. Yeah. They're not really my type of comics. They're all like, like Beano and stuff like that, whereas I'm more into like superheroes, but mainly like LGBT kind of superheroes and writers. Um, so I've got more that kind of thing, like Thought Bubble and is more my kind of convention. And with regard to costumes, are any other people you, you, you go in costume as that you would dress up as, or is it probably staying with the character you're in today? Oh yeah, we've got Red and Blue today, I'm doing Mary Marvel with my friend who's dressing up as Shazam tomorrow, and um, on Sunday I'm doing Black Canary. Well, I am here for that whole time, so hopefully I'll see you again, Uh, I'll take some pictures of you again if that's okay, and I hope you have a really nice time. Thank you, you too. Hello and welcome to this uh, great interview with this lovely gentleman, what's your name? My name's James, I'm uh, from the Talking Codfall podcast. Hey, it's great to meet you. He came over to me, I mean this is me as myself, but I am today at Liverpool Comic Con impersonating, as I do professionally, the character of the Terminator and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and today um, I am going to be creating some excitement for contributions to Marie Curie Cancer Organisation, which I'll donate to them. With I become a Terminator. If you like the movie Arnold is in, then you come to me and you become a Terminator star with me. Be John Connor, Sarah Connor, have a Uzi Nambilamido with a minigun. Stand and have a great post photograph for your Instagram and your Facebook and you become the celebrity. You see, it sounds like Arnie, right? Hey, Mr. Campbell, who's your daddy and what does he do? Ha 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 ha. You see, so taking these voices, I went to the semi-final of Britain's Good Talent, a 
after a chance meeting with Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor at Comic Con once told me, you sound like Arnold. So I went to Britain's Good Talent, got to the live shows, but that wasn't the end of it. I've worked hard, did charity events, many, many events for different people like Raves, even did Celebrity, Big Brother One winner, the Craig of Big Brother. I did his wedding as Arnie. <laughs> so now I do all kinds of things, weddings and parties and movie promotion, but they want to become a voiceover. You know, these bad ones out there, they're all terrible. Well, come on, do it. Doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> so thank you for asking me the questions. Why am I here today? Because I like to make people happy and bring joy. And how? I mean, that is just so good freaky. <laughs> how did you, when did you learn that you got this, this skin? Well, when the Predator, well, it's a Predator movie, probably Kindergarten Cop, that sort of era. Because my name is Stu Arnold. And so I was given the name Arnold when I was five, when my mum married someone, and he adopted me. So people might think it's a stage name, but it's my real name. So all through school, people would be going, hey, Arnold. So I was listening on the radio to Arnie talking when Kindergarten Cop was coming out, and he said, I'm making this movie where I'm a a teacher in a school with the kindergarten, and the, the great joy of working with the kids. So I tried to say the word joy. And it seems interesting, that was the first word. It it brings a lot of people joy, including me. So you put the C and the H, H, and then say I, joy. So we broke it down into a vocabulary that I could kind of mimic. And then with practice, it's just become part of what I do. And what was, what you were saying about putting the words together, because I I know myself from doing impressions that I do, you've got to do it as repetition, repetition. And the way I generally sort of work is... I, I find it difficult to do what you do where it's instantaneously I have to listen to some, yeah. something before I just pick up an accent and run with it. What, what do you find has been the most difficult thing? Because for me, I'm going to do an impression of somebody or an accent, I need to listen to it a bit before and then I need to pick it up. Yeah, I, I find if, I, if I'm in a room and Arnie's there real and he's talking, I analyse his pronunciation and uh, I was at a premiere and he got out of the car and he was enthusiastic enthusiastic I mean it's like you write it in the way it says it and then say it like you know so you wouldn't say enthusiastic and he says and, and this and that he says all these and the lines and he mumbles it as well so it's just been a bit the idea of a Terminator robot who was programmed to entertain so I use that inspiration of Linda Hamilton who met me at this comic con inspiring me to go out there and do good stuff that the Terminator was designed to reprogram to entertain and not to hurt unless you were die laughing or cry trying you see I mean it's, it is phenomenal to be able to hear you to just turn on to it like that and you were saying that obviously you you, uh, you wanted to look at going on to do other things to to, 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 to go further than, than with your impressions because uh, to maybe make it you know something you could do for sort of radio things like that would yeah be, and I think that would be brilliant if you could do that. One of the things that really is impressed from what you've told me, other than the brilliant impression you do, because well, it's not being impressions, you're not bringing the entire character to life. Yeah. You're not just doing an impression. You, you're literally, you know, anyone could say go out and do a voice, but you're bringing whole mannerisms, acting, um, you're engaging with people. It's an amazing thing that you do. Yeah. And on top of that, you're doing it for charity, and that's. Yeah. Far too often, I've seen this quite a lot doing the, the press stuff I've been doing, it's far too often you've seen people in the past who do things just to get a quick book, 
and uh, it brings a lot of joy to my heart to see people yeah. raising uh, money for charities like that. Yeah, my mum died in my arms. Uh, my mum was named Barbara. She died in my arms of cancer. And she was only 59. And I mean, I'm 51 now. So, you know, she had such a short life. But she died of cancer, and then I used my Z-list fame, from Britain's Got Talent, to, to do charity events. I mean, next weekend I'm at a boxing event that's for a, a charity. I'm not sure what it, it is on this one, but it's a boxing, and there's people off Gogglebox there and other people off the TV and the Wilson Raider. He's that little guy who goes, do you want some? I'll give you some. But, you know, I do a, a lot of events and meet a lot of people through it, but it really would be good to start using the voice for quality mm. things, cartoons, adverts, because a really good Arnie voice would be good for you. Yes. But as well, what about Shrek and Donkey? You know, Shrek lives in Far, Far Away with his friend and noble steed Donkey. Yeah, I'm the Donkey and Shrek. And you know, when I come out, I go to see kids in hospital and bring them lots of joy. And Gingerbread Man, you come too, don't you? Yes, I come true, but I've lost my comfort. My voice is broken because you see, I need a drink of water. <laughs> you can edit that bit. It's almost like demonic possession. Yes, yes, yeah. Gingerbread man! Oh no, I lost my gumdrop buttons! I just didn't have the wind in my sails for that one. But also, Keith Lemnor, Celebrity Jules. Because my Terminator watched Celebrity Jules once, he thought it was great to be a comedian, so he copied his cloned his voice, you see. So that's it. So the Terminator's a machine who will even, if you're a Star Wars fan, Yoda! Yes, it's Yoda! Bring the voice of Yoda to the kids, or even one of the old ones he used to do was Lightning McQueen's best friend. That's right, made in the pickup truck. I would bring made in the life of the kid to make him smile. So you see a machine that entertains, you understand now? Ha ha ha! Do it! So all I can say, having decided to listen and watch this, this man's amazing work, is the fact that it's. You were, if, if you were if you're hearing this, you'll probably think we have a, a plethora of artists locked in the room with us, but we only have one man who's able to do these amazing things. So what is, just so we know for, for people, what's your website? How can we, I've got a website. How can we book you? Obviously yeah, I mean, people can book me through. Some agents have me on their website, but I've got my own website, which is www.stu-arnold.co.uk. And I have got a couple of Instagrams. I've got official Stu Arnold uh, Instagram. And Arnold the Entertainer Nader's got an Instagram with all the pictures of Arnie here at Comic Con. With them going to fill it up tonight with lovely big photos of me with this great guy interviewing me now. <laughs> so thank you so, so much. Hey, you're welcome. For taking the time to do this and I hope you have a brilliant weekend. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. So I'm here with John Chalice, who you will know from Only Fools and Horses. He's been good enough to just take a few moments with me to just discuss a few words uh, about how he's found the, the, the event and the Comic-Con. So, John, how, have you, how are you finding the Liverpool Comic-Con first day? Well, um, yeah, it's quite quiet. It's quite quiet, really. It's quite noisy, too. <laughs> <coughs> oh, what was that? Uh, anyway... Um, I think there'll be a lot, lot more people here uh, tomorrow, but uh, there'll be people still to come from these uh, American uh, programs. I think, um, and today's mostly about the costumes. I think you know it's a it's a costume day, and we met some uh, fantastic, fantastic costumes. I must say, you know, so far it's great uh, these because you can meet um, Darth Vader. Uh, you can meet a whole this whole bunch of uh, hooligans pretending to be. Um, as a clansman from uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie's time, um, really scary. 
And suddenly a kid will turn up with half his face, apparently a sort of a skull, you know, and uh, it's quite amazing, really, what people will go through. But uh, anyway, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm a sort of crossover thing, you know, famous for being in a very popular situation comedy show on television. But I've done Doctor Who as well. Um, I've done lots and lots of television programmes over the um, over the years. So I've got a sort of rough connection with the place. And do you have, have you done any of these sort of events before? Sorry, say again. I'm saying if you've done any of these sort of events before. Yeah. So yeah. No, I've done uh, done quite a few um, bits. You know, not here, but uh, yeah, I do all sorts of things. I do, um, I go to flower shows, food shows, garden shows, because they're only fools and horses, it seems to cross over into every area of life really, so, uh, and uh, quite a few of these comic cons, um, and uh, it's great, it's great, you know, I mean, uh, you can play on the word comic, you know, <laughs> and I, as I say, I've been in Doctor Who 100 years ago, so I've got a vague sci-fi connection, so those are my excuses for being here really. And uh, I noticed you, you, your wife has brought your food back, so I'll be going in a minute. But um, what, what are there any sort of future things you'd like to discuss that you're going to be doing that you'd like to promote? Or no, no, I just I'm uh, I got a website uh, which is wigmorebooks.com, and where I'm going to be will be on that website. I'm doing a whole whole uh, whole lot of stuff, you know, festivals and things all over the place, and. Uh, you know, doing all bits of telly and so on. And I'm doing a one-man show all over the country where I, you know, sort of tell stories and generally show off and uh, at, uh, at venues all over the place. So um, the whole list of those will be on uh, on that website if people want to come see me. Um, and I've also written uh, five books, you know, two parts of the autobiography, a couple of novels and also a book about the garden and uh, and the house where we live in Herefordshire so if anybody's interested in those I can sign them you know after the show so uh, come and see the show come and have a chat afterwards and uh, if you want to buy a book I'll be there to sign it for them well, on behalf of the Talking Codswalk podcast and listeners thank you very much and I hope you have a wonderful weekend thank you and the same to you tell me your name and what you're here and what you're doing please ok I'm Sai and I'm here as Taker UK a tribute to the WWE superstar Undertaker and it is one hell of an impressive costume, and I will get a picture of this this guy. His costume is phenomenally good. So, you also put a lot of time and effort into doing this stuff. So, what what got you first interested in doing it, and why did you choose the Undertaker as your 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 uh, primary focus? Yeah, to be fair, I was a, a huge wrestling fan um, and a Comic Con fan. We went through various cosplays, and when we decided to do a wrestling about three years ago, mine was always going to be Taker. So we've got all variations of it. We've got the Phenom and we've gone into... It's become very, very popular and it's, I love doing it. And we do it, it's a, it's, it's a good character around the Comic-Cons, but it's all for charity. This is, we've got our own community funding page and we supply kits for uh, under-7s footballs. So they're all running around with Take a UK, all the kids around the Neaton have got football kits with Take a UK on the front. It's fantastic, so yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, that's the thing that I love when I go, because I've been to a few of these things, and I love when I'm talking to people just what you said then, which is doing it as something that's a charity event, and that's yeah, just yeah. brilliant. Yeah, we, it's, we don't charge. We don't charge for any photo. We've got, like, uh, 12 championship belts. 
anybody can come and have a photo of them, which is something we think is unique as well, because when do you get a chance to hold a title? You know, so we they're all mine, and I love to share them. So, and obviously with the casket and the smoke, we try and get a, a nice experience for somebody to take away and go, wow, I really enjoyed that, you know, so... Now, I'm pretty sure that uh, Sai yeah. si doesn't have this as a natural eye issue. He has the most amazing, startling uh, contact lenses in. So I've got to ask, how difficult is it having those in? Um, at six o'clock in the morning, it's pretty difficult, <laughs> particularly when you put an eyeliner underneath straight away. But uh, you get used to it, um, and you forget they're in. Uh, but after four hours, like any, I just start to get a bit irritated, but... To be fair, when you're meeting so many people, you sort of you you forget they're in, and you just you know you just react to other people. So you are by doing this bringing huge levels of happiness to people. I mean, you could see within just the first few minutes of us coming in, how many people are coming up to see you wanting pictures. Yeah, there's queues and queues. People, uh, there's a big online following, and uh, it's all about positivity. And everybody, I'm you know we're big wrestling fans. We've got my friends of the Druids, so we try to get the whole thing. And we're here, and we're promoting, working for Monopoly, promoting their wrestling con in four weeks. So yeah, I've seen about the love of wrestling one. Um, and what are you most looking forward to this weekend? I come to cons to, to meet uh, fresh faces, people I've met before, people come to meet me. It's just meeting people and, and sharing what we have. And that's the buzz I get. I feed off people's energies and the smiles, as you say, are just and the reactions of everything. I'm looking for a guest-wise. Sting's here tomorrow, so from a wrestling point of view, that's great. Yeah, I can't wait to, to meet to meet him. So, well, I hope it all goes well. Could you just tell me, just so we've got it, uh, your website address, so my, my yeah. listeners can. By all means, you can just search for Taker UK on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, and there's a social following on there. So, by all means. Absolutely brilliant. I hope you have a really good weekend, and I'll, uh, I've got to say, very impressive costume. Okay, my name's Simon. I'm here with as Taker UK. This is tribute to the WWE legend, The Undertaker. And it is a phenomenal cut. Co- you will never ever miss this man. The costume is phenomenal. He is, I mean, it is pretty much as accurate as you're going to get to The Undertaker. And he's been nice enough because I ballsed up the first interview to actually come back with me, let me interview him again. So this shows what a nice guy is, despite the, the, uh, the scariness of The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think, I think there's, a, there's an image of. Um of spooky, not scary with Undertaker, mystique, and yeah. so yeah, I think. And what 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 uh, uh, our Undertaker has here that's quite amazing is uh, a pair of uh, basically. Um, so what I'm looking for. Druids. No, no. Well, you have got the druids. You've got all the druids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We could tell us a bit about them. Yeah, we've got uh, four druids here that are supporting me and helping me, taking photos, working the smoke, and uh, and again. Um, working with the public and what is it that made you choose The Undertaker as your character? Um, I just think from, from growing up and seeing snippets of WWE because it, was, it wasn't mainstream and it was a standout character you know, for lots and lots of reasons I hadn't seen anything like it and then it comes to a respect sort of thing and I was going to a lot of comic cons and for various different um, cosplays and then I thought I watched a Wrestlemania um, and I thought you know what I'm going to have a go with this I thought I could do that Being, uh, I'm 6 foot 5 so I thought well I'm going to have a crack at it and um, yeah and it all came together and 
I don't even, it didn't even, I didn't feel anything like it until I actually got the hat on, and then I thought, wow, you know, I quite like it myself, so yeah. And what would you say is the biggest challenge of dressing up in this sort of costume? I think, um, for me, it's, the, the, there's a lot of prep goes into it, it takes about an hour, hour and a half, um, getting the makeup here you obviously got your contacts but also getting everything ready your body's got to be prepared properly you're on your feet for eight hours a day you're integrating with with hundreds and hundreds of people so you need to be sharp as a tack so it's important that you get your rest and then you're up and you're happy and you're ready for it and me personally i think i think being on your feet for a long time um is is the biggest ask because you, you, you're crouching down for the little ones and then so yeah so it's you know Quite hard. Well, I have to, I have to say, you're doing well on that because I saw you when you pretty early on in the day. And I've come to you now later on in the day, and the the the, the word I was searching for earlier was contact lenses, which for some reason escaped me because I saw you earlier on. And you said the contact lenses can get very painful because you have the white eyes with them. How how are you feeling with them now? To be fair, the the contacts are okay. Um, my had a a little girl that wrote me a little letter. And look, you can see this. I'm a bit tearful. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's starting to stink as yeah. the oil line has gone in my eye. But no, they're, they're okay. Can't wait to ping them out though um, tonight. And uh, they they have a good effect. They have a good, the camera picks them up as well. So every photo they pop. So yeah, well, they're a hell of a thing. Cause I'm telling you now. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, but it's good for the camera thing. I, you know, everybody says roll your eyes, roll your eyes. And after you've got a con, and everybody said that five six times in the first hour i would have a crack in it so i thought i've got to try and do something so white outs were and uh, Ms. i think from what you said earlier you do a lot of this stuff for charity don't you to check yeah. to charity run thing for you which is i mean that's brilliant that's really commendable that you do it that way so what what charities do you support yeah. i i set up one um it's called the take uk community project um and we go to cons we don't have buckets we don't charge to pay or anything like that but if people want to go to funding page they go online they get their photo and if they want to they can donate and we've managed to sponsor four uh, young t- well under sevens last year all with kits we've taken UK on the front all around the area and we've got nominations for another six this year so um, and we've had people donating from, from all over the world that have seen it and um yeah, it's 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 great. It's great for that. It's it's basically cosplay, but giving something back. It's yeah. it's how I want it to be. Yeah. And that is a brilliant thing to to, to be to doing what you're doing. Because I mean, I'll be able to show photos, but you put all this effort. Yeah. And you are doing it as a charity thing. It's, that is brilliant. Because yeah. unfortunately, I'm not saying I've seen it here, but you will see instances where people do it as a money grab, and that's that's yeah, not think, good. I think I think the misception of, of Comic Cons, and it does happen. A lot of it is how can I earn money. And when I, you know, we was forming this, I was speaking to a team out around me and said, I want to be completely different. I want to put something together that is visually as good as anything you've seen. I want the sound, I want the whole experience to be something like they'll take, people will take home with them. And also, there'll be no charge. And that's something that we've insisted on. We've been told by various things, oh, you need to charge these charges. That's not going to happen. And, uh, we try and give something that is a little bit different, but also, you know, memorable for people. So. And with regard to the Undertaker, is he the only person you would dress as, or is there anyone else? No, no. I, I, I run an actual wrestling cosplay group, uh, the World Wrestling Cosplay on online, and we've got a lot of members. And we, 
as for cons uh, if take is booked obviously mm. but no I've I've cross played quite a few recently for different uh, events uh, Brock Lesnar being being a favourite because you can get proper into that character yeah. so um, yeah but all sorts of ones really to be fair and everybody should we've got we've got people in it who are age four up to people in there that are 64 it's fantastic you know and, and why not yeah. Absolutely, and um, obviously you, you're at the, uh, the Liverpool Comic Con. What else have you got planned for the for the year ahead? Where can uh, listeners yeah. uh, see yeah, you? If, if people look at the Take a UK pages on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see a tour this year, and there's um, 40 odd venues. Um, even New York's on there. Uh, WrestleMania appearance, um, not wrestling, of course, um, but no, it's all over the UK, and uh, we. I've got a, a, a lot of people around me who are. are really helpful so if there's a con that can and want to accommodate it i would take it and you know that's i love it we've got a brilliant setup and i won't take up any much more you know more time but thank you for taking the time to talk to me and obviously your son does this as well and he's come brilliantly as loki today so yeah so it's yeah. very much a family affair that you've got going. it certainly is yeah but we have a lot of fun that's cool thanks so thank you for doing this and i hope you have a brilliant thank weekend you. thanks a lot hi i'm tommy um I've come today to Liverpool Comic Con as uh, Captain America. I'm actually from Liverpool, so this is my home con. Um, I just love coming to Comic Cons. It's less for the stalls, and it's actually more for the people, for the cosplayers, getting pictures with people. Just it's the whole community, obviously. Once you start cosplaying, the whole community kind of brings you in, and I just love meeting friends at Comic Con and, and just enjoying it. We love the place. We're very similar on the fact that obviously I'm not in a costume, but um, I love coming to see what people do. Like this. The pi- the, I mean, I will provide a picture of the uh, of this costume, but it's incredibly good, accurate costume you've done. So, what are you other than sort of meeting people, are there any sort of uh, famous people you wanted to meet at this event? Or to be honest, that I I kind of don't really um, get involved in any of that kind of thing. I know, obviously, I have I'm a fan of film, love film, anime, things like that. But that is the the last thing I really I don't get I, I don't ever come and get uh, autographs or photographs with people. It literally is just about the cosplay. I'm actually an actor, and I do kids' parties and things like that. So I see actors and things like that more. Uh, I don't really fan out to them. I see them more as as the people who I can learn from. So I don't really like to come across to actors and things like that like I'm a fan and I'm fanboying out and stuff so I kind of give them a respect in the sense of they're actors and I want to do what they do so it's kind of less about coming and getting autographs of them or pictures and less about being here one day as as one of them (laughs) is it interesting you do some yeah I know what you mean on the fanboy front you do sometimes see some people who are (laughs) go a bit OTT shall we say yeah yeah, definitely Um, you're saying obviously you do acting and you do things that with children's entertainment don't you yeah. so is there anywhere that if my listeners want to book you or see more of what you do is there a website you have or yeah, anything like I've that got, um, I've got Instagram it's geeky underscore boost underscore guy so geeky boost guy with, with underscores um, I've got a Facebook um, which is Wade Wilson because my main cosplay is Deadpool which I'll be cosplaying tomorrow on Sunday which is my main cosplay um, and I have um, some business cards whether you want to take a business card and you can put some pictures up yeah. Uh, and with regard to other conventions, which ones have you been to other than obviously Liverpool's your hometown one, so it's a, uh, uh, an easier one for you to get to? So, what else have you been to on the cosplay, uh, the uh, convention cosplay from? Well, to be honest, Manchester's our main one. Me and my best friend, we've been going there for a good few years. I mean, I've been cosplaying since 2016. 
Liverpool was actually my very first cosplay that I, uh, very first Comic Con that I came to, and that kind of set it off from there. I was just I was um, I was hooked. So, <clears throat> to be honest, I haven't been back to Liverpool since that since 2016. So, this is kind of like coming back home. But my main one has been Manchester, and it's it's me and my friend we go and stay in a hotel in Manchester we make a big weekend of it we stay from Friday till Monday make a big thing of it we stay in a really nice hotel we, it's just we honestly we, it's, it's even it doesn't matter how good Liverpool will be it'll always be my hometown I love it but Manchester will be the main in, my, in our hearts um, I've been to Chester Comic Con to be honest I haven't been to many more I would like to go to Birmingham and things like that but it is about obviously travel and things like that so but yeah Manchester is the main one and that is our that, I think that'll be our main one forever it's, it's uh, the one that's always been in our heart Excellent. Well, thank you very much for having a few words with me, and I hope you have a really good weekend. Have a good day. To use the words iconic when it comes to a role is something that's banded around a lot, but we really do mean it when we're talking about interviewing this man here. This, this, This actor has been... Well, he's portrayed one of the most iconic roles in history. Uh, I'm here talking to Jeff East, who played the young Clark Kent in Superman, the movie. The film which basically, in fact, Jeff and I discussed this earlier, started the ball rolling on every single superhero film ever. And probably when it comes to things like the effects we've seen in films, we owe it so much. So I want to say, Jeff, thank you for taking the time to talk to, talk to us. Pleasure to be here. So obviously, this, you know, you've come to Liverpool to do the uh, the to this comic convention. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you uh, about Superman is, and if you've already answered it, I'm sorry, you probably have already answered it at some point. But how did you find out about the role for playing Clark Kent? How were you approached for it? Well, there was a rumor going around about Superman was being made, and they were interviewing all these actors for the role and all that. It never crossed my mind that they would have me come in for it. And I get a call from my agent saying that they want to meet you for Superman. There's some role they want to talk to you about. Would you be interested in going and meet with Richard Donner and Ilya Salka and the producer? And I told my agent, well, of course. I mean, why not? So I went in and I met with them. And I thought they were talking to me about the role of Jimmy Olsen, maybe. Because I was that age. And it's, you know, I thought, well, that's because I knew they already had a Superman. I didn't know who it was. But... So we're sitting there in the interview, and then Richard Donner had seen a film that I'd done called The Hazing, and the editor was being interviewed by Donner to edit Superman. So while he was watching The Hazing, I was in it, and he was like, oh, who's this kid out running and uh, doing the track running in this movie and blah, blah, blah. She says, oh, that's Jeff East. You should have him come in if you want him for Superman. And he said, oh, that's not a bad idea. So they bring me in, and they talk to me. And uh, they said, there's this role, the young Clark Kent, the young Superman. And I said, oh. I said, I don't have to wear a costume, do I? And he goes, no, 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 you don't have to wear a costume. You're fine. Just the way you are. And I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, so they gave me the script, and it's written by Mario Puzo. It's like thick, really thick script. It's two two scripts. It's Superman 1 and 2. So I read them both, and I read it. Went back in, met with them, and... He said, you got a passport, kid? And I said, yep. And he goes, well, you're flying to London tomorrow because we're giving you the part. I'm like, no way. It must be amazing with something that That fast, that quickly. quickly. And And I literally was driven to the airport the next day to London and started shooting in April of 1977. Now, it might, if this does sound like a daft question, I'm sorry, but did you feel at all the weight of the, the role you were going to be playing as in that it's such an iconic role it scared me too much I didn't even think it, it was kind of overwhelming 
and it was like a big film so that was kind of a room I'd done some other films that were pretty big in scope but not like this so that one in itself was you know I was only 19 18 years old and 18 or 19 and it was a little bit you know scary to say the least uh, I'll admit that but and it's in London I was felt like I was out of place I was in England I wasn't in America where I was used to living and, but uh it kind of uh, sunk into me that how important the role was once I got involved, once I got into the set, got into the role, started wearing my costume every day and, and started realizing meeting with Christopher Reeve and I started realizing how important that this was for people and how important it was to make do a good job. To get it right. Yeah. To get it right. And Donner, the director, was very helpful in that as well. And uh, I mean working on it, it was a whole year of my life. So that's all I did was sleep, drink, and eat Superman. That, that did, am I mean, now it's now to somebody who's not in filmmaking, but it did amaze me when you said that earlier, that it was an entire year yes. of your life. Yeah. You, you know, you kind of think it might be a few months, but yeah. not... I was sort of out of sorts with that, and as you know, one month in England, and I would fly back to California, then I would go back to England, then they would have me to go to Canada, and we shot in Canada. So it was, it was just... just just the experience of shooting the film was, you know, odd. And just, and the fact that it was Superman and everybody was talking about it in Hollywood, it, it was just amazing to me. That, and, I, and I honestly didn't know what to expect. I knew it was going to be a good movie, yeah. but I didn't know how it was going to turn out in the way it did. That's for sure. And what would you say is your, is your, your favorite memory of working on Superman? Uh, I think this, when we were up in Canada, that was my favorite time because that's when it felt like a team. That we were all up there together, and you know, Hackman was even up there, and, and I was up there with Valerie Perrine and Ned Beatty, and, and uh, it was just fun. Uh, all those sequences were really enjoyable to work on, and um, I like Canada. It was fun to shoot in Canada. Canadian filmmakers are great. But the uh, one thing I really enjoyed about Superman was working with the English film crews. They're so good. So gifted. Yeah, Pinewood and Shepperton. And we worked with all the guys from Star Wars. They had just shot Star Wars the year before Superman. So everybody that worked on Star Wars worked on Superman. So I'm, getting, I'm hearing all this stuff about this movie coming out called Star Wars. I'm like, what the hell is Star Wars? And you, I heard that that was sort of like the situation when Alec Guinness got the was looking at the script he's like well this is just some fun sort of sci-fi film right. you know, little do you know ridiculous <laughs> nobody would go see that movie you know yeah. I mean we really thought that way but they kept talking about oh it's really unique this guy George Lucas directed it and blah 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 I'm thinking oh it's but you know Superman you automatically think everybody's going to be talking about yeah, that yeah. but what the hell is Star Wars <laughs> and if you looking back on the film if there's anything you could alter in your performance that you know, with hindsight, is there anything you would ever want to alter, or you think I'm that I'm absolutely happy with it? Is there anything you would have changed? Superman, I'm, I'm happy with what it, way it turned out. It is brilliant. I mean, I'm not just saying it. You know, I'm not just saying it, you have to be nice. Oh, I it is a, your your part in it um, is phenomenal because you, you are literally anything I would do different. Yeah, you are the birth of this iconic character. You know it. It rests on your shoulders, and you pulled it off amazingly. I, you know, honestly, I wish there were more things uh, that they could have used to show his his uh, abilities. That would have been interesting because there was stuff written that they never shot. 
Uh, there was a scene where he's feeling, clearing the fields, the wheat fields, and they left that out. I don't think they wanted him to have too much power as the young man. Uh, they wanted it more to be for, for it to grow into it, to Chris. Uh, but it would have been interesting to see that or do that part of it. And, and you commented on the fact that you'd wanted, well, on, on the thing you discussed earlier, you said about um, the thing of the idea, you know, if you could have had another part, it would have been Lex Luthor. If you were to play another superhero, who would it be? Oh, God, I would like to do. Um, um, who's the guy that freezes everything? Uh, bad guy? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Freeze in Batman. Yeah, yeah. I like that character. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Joker, everybody wants to be the Joker. Anybody that's bad. Yeah, you know. They always say that part's the most fun, don't they? The Mad Hatter is is always a fun thing. That, that, yeah, I could really see you doing the Mad Hatter. Yeah, I'd like to do something something like that. So we're on part two of the interview with Jeff, uh, and I want you to just ask a few questions using a film called The Day After, uh, which basically looked at the... The, what would happen if there was fallout from uh, a nuclear attack on the US and it was quite an instrumental film and it actually is seen as something that paved a lot of the way to the Soviet and the US uh, basically relationship just to, to try and end the, uh, the, um, the nuclear race and Cold War um, but I wonder if Jeff could just give us a few memories about that please well Nick Meyer directed it and it was uh, ABC produced it, ABC Circle Films. And we lost all of our advertisers for that. It was such a controversial film. They had no advertising. And then they finally sold two or three spots during it. But they decided we're going to go pretty much take a loss on this film because such an important movie. We're going to release it anyway. And it became the most watched television movie of all time. I think 100 million people watched the movie. And it was crazy. To, I was in my own... Uh, Kansas City is where I grew up, and we shot it in Kansas City. So it was kind of weird doing a film about the death of my own city. Yeah, so it was a kind of a depressing film to work on. And uh, you know, everybody wasn't all jovial and happy. I'm talking about literally disintegrating off the face of the earth. And it was great working with Jason Robard, Steve Gutenberg. Um, but it was, you know, uh, it's just an experience of the, the mid '80s, and we really needed that message to be put out. And it came across. And, and like I was sort of saying myself, it had this profound... Me- I mean, it's the thing that hit me when I was thinking about this last night. You've been in two films. Well, I mean, both have had, uh, well, you could say a sci-fi aspect. But you are looking at something so real-world and so um, so relevant today still with the day after. Something that really resonates with people. And it isn't... I mean, I've seen it myself. It, it, why it didn't occur to me yesterday when I was telling to you earlier? Yeah. But it was released as a feature film yeah. in, in Europe. Yeah. And, uh, but only on television in America. And, and as I said, it's, it's still... People to this day still talk about it. They saw it in their schools. And they actually had, you know, the uh, Henry Kissinger and all these people got together after the movie was shown... And they talked about it, and it became like a community thing where everybody started talking about how did this movie affect you. And it really kind of depicted what it would be like if we did have a nuclear holocaust. I don't think anything would be left, to be honest with you, if it did happen. It's all fiction that that we would even be talking or having scenes with people. So I think we would be completely disintegrated. And what what sort of overriding memories do you have of, 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 of... Of the piece. So, well, firstly, how did you find out and get into it? Uh, well, was he cast? That movie itself, I was called in by the producer 
who'd seen on some other work that I had done. And they knew I was from Kansas City, so they were interested. In, that's one of the main reasons I got it, because I was from that area. So the producer kind of got a kick out of that. But, but uh, I went in and read for it and got the part, and, and uh, that's how I got it. And working with John Lithgow, and then I got John Collum, and um, it was great. There's some great actors in it, Joe Beth Williams. It was fun. And did you, I mean, it's, it's probably a hard one to say whether at the time you would have realized, you re, did you realize sort of the culture? Okay, so we're on the Into with Jeff uh, part three, because the battery just went. So we were discussing, obviously, when it came to making the day after. Uh, the Jeff was re, re, uh, relating to us, obviously, the fact that he had... It, part of the big things for filming is it was the area he grew up in. It was an area he knew, he lived in, which obviously has even more impact upon him being in, in, the, in the, the film. Um, but what I asked was, what was the cult... What, what, you know, what do you know, did Jeff know, making that film about the impact it would have worldwide, historically as well, uh, and the impact it had on the arms race? Well, Reagan was president at the time, and the, the lady I was married to, her father was head of Northrop Corporation, big defense contractor. So there was a little tension in the household. You know, they they very conservative. and But he came to me, uh, my father-in-law actually came up to me and said, I'm proud of you that you did this film. And it's important that we deter this from happening. And I said, yeah, let's just quit building the missiles. But Which you would hope would happen, but else it's never ever that easy. Right. Not that easy. But uh, it, it was an interesting personal experience for me as well. But I'm, I'm proud to be a part of that, for sure. It's just brilliant to think that it's had it had an impact. Because they, they say that Reagan saw it and he made a decision, didn't he, that we have to end this at that point. That he'd seen it, he'd seen the film, but it was brought... That big of an impact on everybody, including the politicians. And they realize we're going down a, a rabbit hole here and we need to stop it. Yeah. And it's a path that once you go down it, you ain't going to come back. Uh, right. And, well, I mean, obviously... I won't take too much more of your time, but thank you for taking the time to, oh, to talk to me. Uh, and I hope you have a really nice time at uh, the convention. And a big thing, and, uh, and I do mean this sincerely, sincerely and wholeheartedly, is thank you for, for creating this iconic ah, part for us. It means so thank much. Hey, thank nice you. to meet you. Thank you for listening to this week's Talking Cods Wallop. If you enjoyed this episode, why not go back and listen to the previous episodes? You can find Talking Cods Wallop on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Cods Wallop Pod. This podcast is available on Podbean, No Phony Podcast Network, iTunes, Stitcher and many other podcast mediums. Thank you for listening to our Cods Wallop.